Hey, kids, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. That was, that was a personal favor to me, so thanks. Glad you guys are here with us. Do you remember last week, uh, adults, kids, wherever we were, if you were in a class or in here, we all went through the true story, right? From creation all the way to restoration. Do you remember that? Yep, that's exactly, yeah, the books you guys got, the coloring pages. We're, we're being formed by this true story. What we said was, this is the true story of the whole world, and it's a story that forms us as people. And what often happens, though, is that we only take bits and pieces of that story, and we try to fit it into another story. We have the culture, the world around us telling us a bunch of different stories about how the world got to be here and where it's going and what's happening in it right now, right? And then we also have our own personal stories, like what's going on in our own personal lives and the things that we're often thinking about and the things that we are distracted by. And these are all competing stories that we try to make sense of our life with. And so what happens is then we try to take this story of God creating the world and being at work to restore the world and we take parts of it and we place it into our story. And so if you guys weren't here last week or if the, for the kids that weren't in here, I said it was kind of like taking this gigantic Bible right here and trying to stuff it into the bindings of this little Dr. Seuss book. How effective is that going to be? Am I going to be able to do that? No. Yeah, it's going to rip the book, right? Yeah, it's going to bust open at the seams. And so because we can't do that, what we start to do sometimes is we just rip pages out of there and we paste it in there. Like we take little parts of the story of God and we carry that with us and we take it out of the context of the true story, the whole true story. And so what we need to do is kind of stop and reflect on what is the true story of the whole world and how instead am I a part of that story, right? So this week I was invited to go hike with a friend of mine named Simeon. And I was a little nervous because I don't really hike. I, I hardly ever do it. And so I'm out of hiking shape, right? But as I was reflecting on the idea of how stories shape us, and I've, I've listened to a lot of other people talk about that too, like the stories you tell yourself shape you. And a lot of times the advice given in that is like, so just like if you just tell yourself over and over and over and you visualize this story, it'll start to become true. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to try that because there's a little bit of truth to it. So I was like, I'm in great shape, and I'm going to just kill this mountain, right? And it's no problem. It's no problem that Simeon goes hiking all the time and that I never do because I'm still in pretty decent condition, and so I'm going to go hiking with him. And as we're going up this mountain, and we went on the other side of North Mountain than what I normally do because the side that I normally do on the west side of North Mountain is pretty flat, and it takes a long time to get up, but we went on the east side of North Mountain, which is like a straight shot up, and I got to tell you guys, like, my quads were jelly. My chest was on fire. And Simeon was a good, like, 40 feet ahead of me the whole time. And that just kept widening and widening, this gap between us. I was like, dude, you said you wanted to talk. Wait for me, because I can't talk right now. And so it, it wasn't good. I did finally make it to the top, but I wanted to just lay down on a rock and rest for about 20 minutes and that's exactly what we did. And then we finally went down. Going down is way easier, by the way. But no matter what story I was telling myself, the true story was I was out of shape. And I never hike. 
and I got my butt kicked by this mountain and Simeon, right? So you can tell yourself whatever you want, but there is a true story. And I think that's the reality is a lot of times, especially in our culture, we try to make life whatever we want it to be. We try to make the story whatever fits our mood. But the reality is there is a true story and you are a part of it. And that story is the story that is shaping and forming your lives. And so last week when we went through the whole story from creation to restoration, that was setting the stage, not just for what we believe as a church, not just for where we're going in 2020, but even for these next few weeks. Because this story is true, it is forming us into a community of God's people sent on God's mission. And so we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks this idea of formation, community, and mission. If this story is true, then it has to, it necessarily has to form us into who we are. And we believe from that story that God is choosing to form us around the truths of his goodness into a community together, his family, engaging in his mission by his power. And so we talk about these three ideas, formation, community, mission, all around the gospel. And we got a little image of that and what that looks like. But um, the sweet spot of this is bringing those three things together, a little Venn diagram, I think. There it is. Perfect. Thank you. So the formation is this kind of upward like we are being formed in who God is. We're being formed by the truths of God. We're being formed in connection and in relationship with God. We're being formed as we read the story, as we read scriptures. We're being formed as we pray and commune with him. We're being formed as we sit in silence and listen to him. We're being formed as we sing our songs, right? We're being formed in the truths of God. This is upward direction. But then there's community, which is this kind of inward direction. We're being formed together, that relationship with God and the way God wants to form you as a human being is not just you as an individual separate and isolated from everything else going on in the world. Well, that's okay because as long as I got my personal relationship with Jesus, right? That's okay. I do my quiet times in the morning. So I, I, one day I'm just going to leave this place anyway. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. What God has always been doing from the beginning of the story is forming a people together to carry one another's burdens, to go through life together, to remind one another what's true when you're facing difficult circumstances. So he pulls us together as a community inward, love one another, right? But then also this mission of going outward. He doesn't just save us for us so that we could be missio and hang out together and have a great time, but he calls us to be his people so that we will be a light to the nations. That's what he tells Israel, this first community he forms. He blesses us so that we will be a blessing to others. He pulls us into him and sends us out into the world because it's his world and he cares for it. And he wants them too to be formed. And then the cycle repeats. He wants them to be formed and brought into this community and then sent on mission. And this is true of every believer. There's not one who is called to work on formation and and teach and then one who's called to go out on mission And you know what? There's the other people who are called just to kind of fund that or pray for it. No, no, no. We are all called to engage in all of these areas of life. And you can't separate them. That's why we have that that center area there, that sweet spot where they all are working together. This is what the church is called to be. But again, like I said, oftentimes what we do is we mix in other bits and pieces from other stories. 
and we get lost in what the true story is. And sometimes we start building our life on other stories. There's one time Jesus was talking about that, and we have a scripture I want to share in Matthew, Matthew 7. And Jesus, this is after he, we talked a little bit about this this morning, this is after he invites people into the kingdom with him, and then he gives this parable, this story, this analogy and illustration. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But it goes on. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Kids, how stable is it when you build a house on sand? What do you think? Not stable at all. It's kind of like when you're, you're building Legos and you're trying to build your Legos on the carpet. And it's really frustrating, right? But build it on a table. It's much more stable. So he says of that man, the rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house. And it collapsed. And not only that, he says, it collapsed with a great crash. So building your life on the true story matters. Being formed by the true story Matters. And so this week we're talking about that. We're talking about formation. Being formed as God's people around that true story. This is something that God has been doing with his people from the very beginning of creation. Give me one example of how God formed people at the very beginning of the story of the world. Avery. He did what? Yeah, okay. God literally formed human beings. The first man with his hands, and then he formed the woman out of that man. Literally formed the physical person, right? And what does scripture tell us? How did he form those people? In his own image. That's the basis for gospel formation right there. That God desired to form human beings to be like him, to be his representatives, to display his image to the rest of creation. That not putting a statue on the earth for creation to see what God is like, but putting living statues in a sense there These humans were this display to all the rest of creation what God is like. God literally formed them like that. And then he continues to come down and form them as people as he walks with them, as he talks with them, as he allows them to name the animals and the other creatures. He's forming them as this representative of who he is. But when we move forward in the story, what happens at that next symbol, at rebellion. What happens then is, is there's another voice that enters the story, right? There's another voice that attempts to form these people. What voice is that? Yeah, the serpent, right? Or what we know is the Satan, the accuser, the deceiver, the liar. He comes in and he, he tells them another story. And the story is, no, God has not given you everything you need. God is holding back from you. 
And which voice do they choose to listen to? Yeah, they don't listen to God's voice. They listen to the serpent's voice. Do you know that's the same problem you and I have today too? That we're allowing other voices to form us as people? whether it's our political party that we ascribe to, whether it's the media, whether it's our friends, our family members, or even just the voices in our own head, we are allowing ourselves to be formed by these other voices rather than the true voice of God. And so what happens is now these people are actually being deformed by the lies of the serpent. And the whole rest of the story is God on a mission to reform these people into his image who have been deformed by a lie. That's yours and I's story. We are constantly, by God's grace, if you're in Christ, his spirit is working to reform us and reshape us back into his image because we have been daily deformed by a lie that we believe in, multiple lies. And so, when we move through that story into this scene of the promise, what we also sometimes call Israel, that third symbol, is God is shaping a people, right? He calls Abraham. He says, I'm going to make a nation out of you. Out of your descendants, your family, there will come a whole nation. And this nation will be my people. And I will be your God. And I will bless you so that you can bless others. And I will make you a light to the nations. You will be this representative of me. Remember, the very first thing he was doing with the first humans, forming them to be his image, to display to the rest of creation, he does with Israel now, a whole nation. I'm forming you to be my people, to be a light to the nations. You will show them what I'm like and how good I am. But unfortunately, Israel is continually being deformed by lies too, right? Instead of being a representation of God to the nations, they allow the other nations to be representatives to them. They listen to the other voices, the same problem the first humans had. And they allow those voices to shape them and deform them. I want to just stop for a second and think about what are some of the voices you hear that you allow to form you today? Just think about it for a second. And then if any kids or adults want to throw out some answers, what voices do we hear today that are trying to shape us and form us that we listen to? The news. Media. Other humans, yeah. What else? Siri. Yeah, very formative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the memes and the the hashtags and the, all the sayings online. Just do you. What else? Yeah, all the doubts and stuff inside of our own head. And the fears. Sometimes it's good voices, right? Like kids, your parents have an influential voice, right, in your life. They say things. Does it influence you? Even if you don't listen, 
So what your parents are saying, it still has an influence on you, right? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. If your parents are like me and they make mistakes, friends, yeah, coworkers, teachers, bosses. There's a, there's a story of the Western culture that we live in now. It's about progress, capitalism, consumerism, comfort, individualism. There, there, there's this, all these stories going on right now. All these voices that we can choose to listen to. And the question is, how are we choosing intentionally every day to instead be formed by the voice of the God who created us, the one who formed us with his own hands, who breathed his own breath into our lives, who is present with us even still. So one of the ways God does that, as we move forward in the story, in that redemption part of the story, in that symbol, is that once again, a human who is formed inside the womb of another human formed by God, and then the breath of God, the spirit of God breathed into him to give him life, just like the first man, is actually God himself coming down to be with us as human, as we, as we talked about all throughout our Advent series, God with us. And Jesus is walking on earth, and what does he do? He begins teaching people, right? He begins forming people. He calls a bunch of people to start following him and to live life with him daily. For three years, they do this. Day in, day out, night and day. They're watching him do things. He's inviting them into actions with him, and they're listening to him teach them. He's shaping and forming a community of people around him. He's shaping them when he goes and he preaches good news to the poor. He's shaping them when he shows them what it's like to get away from the crowds and just sit in silence with his father. He's shaping them when he's teaching the crowds outside the temple. He's shaping them when he heals people who are afflicted and they see, wow, this is the power of God at work. And you would think, man, if you were shaped by Jesus... If you were being formed by Jesus, that'd be pretty incredible, right? Like you guys are, are sitting here listening to me talk, and you're like, yeah, no wonder I got problems. But like if you were shaped by Jesus for three years, you'd be pretty awesome, right? Let's get a little picture of what this early church looked like after, just after Jesus left to go back and be with the Father. In Acts 2... Verses 42 through 47. This is a little snapshot of what they look like. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Hey, that's formation, right? They're being formed by the teaching of the word, by the true story of God. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's part of formation too. They're, they're entering into community. They're reminding themselves of what Jesus had done for them when he went to the cross. They're praying and in communion with God in conversation with him. It goes on, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Those are the ones, kids, who, who started and, and were leading the church in the early days. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That doesn't mean they agreed on every political view. It means they had all their stuff in common. They would share it with one another as they needed. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see this beautiful picture here of people being formed by the truths of the gospel, by the true story of God's kingdom. Jesus had been shaping them in for three years. And they're being formed into a community with one another, sharing everything with one another so no one has need. And you see this missional component where they are a display people to the rest of the world around them watching. Once again, people being representatives of what God's like and people see that and they're being attracted, not attracted because they have a great light show, not attracted because there's an amazing speaker, not attracted because of the best music or kids program, but because they're seeing lives lived out in the truths of God's kingdom. And they're entering into that. And so you're seeing formation, community, and mission all happening together. And you go, yeah, of course, these are the dudes that walked with Jesus. Of course they looked like this, right? Spoiler alert. They didn't do this perfectly all the time. You keep reading throughout the scriptures, you see a lot of times where they mess up badly. And guess what? They didn't do this right away either. Jesus goes to the cross. One of those 12 ratted him out to get him there. The other one who's like, I'll never leave you. I'll I'll never deny you. Just flat out denies ever knowing him. They all run. They hide. Then they hear reports Jesus is no longer dead. Somehow, somehow, he's exactly who he always said he was. And he's come back to life. The same spirit that breathed life into the first human, that breathed life into the womb for Jesus to enter into this earth, breathes life into Jesus' dead body. And he steps up out of the grave. And they hear this news and they doubt it. They struggle to believe the true story. They're listening to other stories in their culture. How could that even be true? They're listening to the voices in their own head of fears and doubts. And then Jesus shows up and he appears to like 500 eyewitnesses. And finally they're going, okay, this is amazing and we believe this now. But Jesus goes, hey, listen, I got to go again. I got to go. I'm going to be with my father. And guess what? I'm preparing a home for us all to dwell in. Forming again God's people to be his representatives, to be close with him. I got to go do that. But I'm not leaving you alone. That same spirit breathed into the first man, the same spirit I entered to this earth in, that same spirit that rose me from the grave, I'm giving to you so that you can be my body, my representation to the rest of creation of what I'm like. Do you see how God's been forming a people all throughout the story? I'm gonna give you that spirit. Wait for the spirit. I want you to go and I want you to tell everyone about me, but wait for the spirit. You know what they're doing before the spirit comes? They're hiding. They're scared. They're afraid. They're confused. Maybe angry. Maybe, maybe wondering, what did they just do with the last so many years of their lives? And what does life look like now? Because I've left everything for this. 
and they're huddled together and they're praying. And it's when the spirit of God comes upon them that suddenly everything changes. The spirit of God comes upon this group of people, ordinary people, and they go from hiding out and being scared to opening up the doors and preaching the good news and living this incredible life that displays to the world what God is like. And people start coming. They want to be a part of that. Then there's other people that don't, and they persecute them. They oppress them. They kill some of them. They put some in prison. And yet this spirit of God who empowered them for all the exciting stuff of drawing people in also empowers them to live faithfully in the midst of the hard stuff. You see, being formed by the truths of the gospel is not just information. We're not just heads on sticks, all right? We're not just brains like our culture has even sometimes formed us to be. We're we're people who feel God formed with his hands the first person physically, a body. And so we need to be formed in our head, our heart, our hands, our whole body. And the best formation of that is when the spirit of God comes upon a group of people and breathes life. Suddenly all that information Jesus had been giving them for three years starts to make sense. Oh, that's what Jesus meant when he said this. When Jesus said, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, I thought he was a crazy man. But the spirit has now awakened something in me and opened my eyes, and I see what he's talking about now. I see that instead of feasting on the things this world has to offer, I see that I get to come to Jesus for my nourishment. I see that Jesus' body and his blood became the very thing necessary for me to enter into the kingdom. And that now I get to be a part of his body, one with him, filled with his spirit. The spirit forms a people. There's a a lot of things I was thinking about as as I was thinking about how do we talk about gospel formation. And listen, get a, a Bible reading plan. That's awesome. Right? Do a Bible study with some friends. Great. Make sure you have some some cool things to discuss in your missional communities on Wednesday nights or whenever you get together. Awesome. Spend more time praying. That's all good. Please do all those things. Come on Sundays more often. All good, right? But formation and the good news of God's kingdom being formed to be this new humanity, what God created and intended originally for human beings to be, his representatives to the rest of creation, this is only possible through his power. Man was dust before the spirit of God was breathed into him. How are you being formed right now? What are you turning to for nourishment? What are the voices you are listening to What are you filling yourself with? I pray that we are filled by God's spirit this year more than ever. Today, this morning, more than any other day before this, by God's power and by his grace. Would you pray that with me? Father, we ask that you would continue 
the work you started, as we know you will. You are faithful, you are true, your promises are good. We can trust that. And so God, we're just asking you to do what we already know you're doing. Continue the work you began in us. Continue forming your people to be a presence and a display, a body of Christ present here in this broken world. God, form us into people who believe your true story more and more and who could turn away from the lies of every other story we hear more and more each day. Form us into a people who trust you, who are quick to turn away from our doubts. Form us into a people who, when things get difficult, we know we turn to you first and foremost, that we press into the community of God's people and we share, I'm struggling with this, I need help, instead of our tendency to isolate ourselves because of the story of individualism in our culture. Turn us into a people, God, form us into a people who love others, who will sit with others and invite others to the table that the rest of the world would not because that's what you did, Jesus. And that's what you've done, God, all throughout the story as you pursued sinful people. May we look more and more, God, like your perfect, precious son, Jesus. It's in his power and his name by the breath of your spirit at work in us that we pray all these things to your glory, Father. Amen.